It could well trigger a new era for our national game. The Gaelic Players Association met formally for the first time in Belfast last night. Players probably feel it's time that maybe some of their ideas were heard. The Breakaway Gaelic Players Association and the GAA hierarchy seem set on a collision course tonight. And the official recognition agreement between the GAA and GPA uh, provides for um, joint commercial ventures. The player development programme that's in place is something that's vital to the well-being of our players. You do your utmost to, to serve the members and uh, that excites me a whole bunch. Every day, you know, we're working with players. They're the centre of everything that we do. You're very welcome along to The Player's Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association. I'm Kieran McSweeney and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Leash footballer Colin Begley. Colin, how are you keeping? I am fantastic, Kieran, as always, mate. How are you doing? All right? I'm going well now. Um, I suppose a lot of news since we recorded our last podcast, um, the publication of the GPA's annual report for 2019 being one of those highlights. I suppose one of the things that we looked at in that column was the fact that over the course of 2019, 1,448 individual players were supported in some way by the Gaelic Players Association. And then we had the the six-month figures for the first half of 2020 as well, with 629 players having been supported. And that 629 represented an 8% increase on the same six-month period in 2019. So, more and more players engaging with the Gaelic Players Association. And I suppose the, the, the key point of that is more and more players thinking about their lives outside of just being a player on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. For me, that's a, that's a big positive. I think um, I think it's a, it's a good sign that players are starting to look at trying to balance things a bit more as well. And, and, and maybe, hopefully, hopefully as well, other key stakeholders, managers and coaches are starting to encourage their players to do it as well, you know. Um, like, it's massively important we have young players who are coming through and that rather than waiting until they're later on in their career, which we've spoken about in our podcast, like, lads are starting to kind of go, well, what do I want outside of sport? Um, and we're seeing that more and more, thankfully, with players. And hopefully those numbers will, will continue to engage to to increase and, and, and get more and more players involved. And hopefully even today's podcast, we'll talk about one of those areas which we're, we're seeing a bit of an increase in and hopefully numbers will increase even further in, in, in further education and um, and upskilling. So it's, it's great news and um, hopefully we'll continue on for the remainder of the year. Uh, as has been mentioned previously by our CEO, Paul Flynn and others, the GPA, it's not just there as a safety net and we are there as a safety net for players who might be in crisis, etc., but also there as a springboard for those players who want to be it further their education, as you say, or further their development in some way, shape or form. And it's around education that we're concentrating um, in, on this episode of The Player's Voice. We've made a number of announcements in recent weeks around scholarship opportunities um, in with, with educational institutions right across the island of Ireland, uh, from the University of Ulster and WIT, AIT, GMIT, uh, right around the country um, and we're going to be talking to two players who have benefited from education and furthering their education and have seen the benefits that that has brought to their careers um, and when we talk to Liam McGovern from Wexford and Trish Jackman from Waterford um, who we'll be talking to shortly and, and, and that's what we want to concentrate on today. 
yeah, I think it'd be interesting to hear their viewpoints on, on how they made the decision, you know, how it was when they were doing it, because obviously the commitment's quite high for, for players when they're playing, but how they manage that, and just to get the thought process, because I think players listening hopefully to this later on will be thinking about or considering it, and maybe some few points that either Trish or Liam Oak make might just go, yeah, that makes sense, and might click with the players, so... Very much looking forward to it, and um, I'm sure we'll get a lot of really useful information out of it for, uh, for the members. Well, we'll be talking to Trish and to Liam Moog very shortly indeed. The Gaelic Players Association, representing the interests of all intercounty players, protecting their welfare on and off the pitch, and supporting their development as people. Well, in recent weeks, the GPA and the WGPA have made a series of announcements regarding scholarship opportunities at educational institutions right across the country. It's part of our aim to ensure that players thrive off the field as well as on, and education is a key component of that. And we're delighted to be joined by two players who have seen the benefits of furthering their education. Waterford Camogie player Trish Jackman, who is now a lecturer in sport and exercise psychology at the University of Lincoln, and her neighbour over in Wexford, Lee Moog McGovern, um, Wexford hurler and senior account manager at Oracle. Lee Moog and Trish, you're both very welcome to the player's voice, first of all. Um, Trish, if I could start with yourself, and you might just give us a brief outline of your CV as such, where you studied and where it has brought you brought you to in your career at the moment. Yeah, so I took my undergraduate degree at Waterford Institute of Technology. I studied sport and recreation management uh, there. So I did the ordinary degree first over three years and then added on the, the final year to get the honours degree. And I suppose during that time, I really de- developed an interest in sports psychology and my uh, dissertation in particular in the final year was focused around a specific topic called flow and I just was really passionate about it I had a really good supervisor in Jerry Fitzpatrick and he um, was he really encouraged me to, to take it a step further and uh, I went on and did my my master's by research at at Waterford as well and I stayed there for another couple of years and I suppose at that point I was looking for more opportunities to to really um, work under some of the, the leading people in the field internationally and this was the, the world leaders in the area and an opportunity came up for a PhD here at the University of Lincoln and it was with um, Dr Christian Swan and Dr Lee Cross and I suppose for me Christian's work was um, uh, really a leader in the field and a thought leader in the field and I really wanted to, to learn and I applied for that PhD and I was, I was very fortunate to get it so I did my PhD over three years um, focused in sports psychology and specifically looking at the area of mental toughness and psychological states underlying excellent performance. And after getting my PhD, um, I also then picked up a, a lecturing role here. So I've been doing that now for three years. Um, and that's kind of pretty much brings me to, to where I am now with that. During my PhD, I, I also had stints of uh, working as a, an associate lecturer. So I worked at Nottingham Trent University and also at the University of Lincoln. And I also had a, a period of time working out at the University of Wollongong in Australia for a, a couple of months out there as well. So I've had a, a quite a, a mixed experience, different locations and kind of opportunities have come up at the, at the right time for me along the way. And I've really enjoyed my journey so far as well. Well, well, Trish, thanks for that. And Nemo, you might do similar for us and just give us a bit of background and overview of of your own um, career to date. 
Yeah, no problem, Kieran. So I studied a four-year business management uh, degree in DIT, which included a year international business in Canada. Um, I then went on to complete a um, Master of Science in DIT, also in the area of strategic management. Um, when I left college, I went to do a graduate program in Ernest & Young um, down the audit and kind of accounting route. Um, after a short period there, then I joined uh, Oracle, um, a technology company in the area of sales, um, working with companies across the globe in terms of selling hardware and software for their business use. So I've been there for the last five years, really enjoying it and um, done a number of different courses throughout the last couple of years um, to different different institutions, some by the GPA and some other institutions also. Uh, and look, thanks, thanks for that, Lee Moog. I suppose the, the key point that we're trying to get us um, through both the GPA and the WGPA is that while we want players to be the best they can be on the pitch, it's not to forget that there is a life outside of uh, inter-county sport, be it camogie, football or hurling, that there is a life to be had while that sporting career is going on, but also longer term, post that, that career. How important, Lee Moog, would you view the educational process that you've gone through so far in terms of the overall balance in your life? Yeah, well, look, at education is something that um, personally, every two years, I like to kind of tap in and do a course and just keep myself sharp. Um, I suppose it's not last year we were at kind of 4% um, unemployment in the country and people kind of were a little bit complacent in terms of um, job roles and how, how available the employment was but it's, I, I've, I've, I can remember the recession 2010 where unemployment levels were very high and I think keeping yourself sharp keeping yourself courses keeping yourself up to date with what's going on just making yourself more employable and I think a big thing is the confidence that it gives um, I find you know just tapping into different courses um gives me confidence whether it's in my current role or just keeping my options open down the line because um, it's a very competitive workforce out there and it's unfortunately it doesn't always come down to personality and character in terms of hiring different candidates sometimes they do look for um, you know different certificates or, or, or different piece of education that you've gone through and I just find tapping into education um keeps me relevant in the market and you know gives me confidence to do to do to do my job to the best of my ability. And Lee Moog, has that always been your attitude um coming up along or is that something that an attitude that developed over time that you felt that um that, that was a requirement as you said to continuously develop um in your professional career? Um I suppose yeah it's some some like everyone's different and you know education comes to you know some people find it easier to sit down and do a research paper than others I you know I have family members that would rather that they'd rather do anything than sit down and, and look at the books but I do think there is a subject for everyone out there and it's a matter of finding it and finding your interests um I suppose when I went through college I'd done a general business course and sometimes there's a lot of theories and a lot of different things thrown at you and you haven't had much practical experience but as I find you get a little bit older and you have a little experience underneath your belt, I enjoy going back and just tapping into education because being able to mix the experience of the working world and education, things just make a little bit more sense to you. So like 
the, the recent course that I done in finance, I probably would have already done similar subjects to that in college. But at the time, it just probably didn't resonate with me. But now that I have a little bit more experience underneath the belt, um, just little concepts make more sense to me and I have a better understanding. So, you know, people have different, um, you know, at different stages of their life, things just make more sense to them. And I, I suppose as I've got a little bit older, I've enjoyed delving into different subjects and um, getting a different perspective on it when it, when you mix it with the experience of the working world. Uh, Trish, I think one of the, the big things that comes through when we're talking to players and I suppose it, it, it's, it's uh, maybe something that's out there in the public domain is that players, be they male or female, they make decisions around their career based on what they're doing on the pitch in terms of players. So the amount of time that they have to dedicate to being an inter-county player has a big influence on what they're doing in their profession. Um, and we'll all have heard the stories about people who might choose teaching, for instance, to allow them um, holiday time during the summer, which is the, the time when the inter-county season is at its peak. Well, it would usually be at its peak, I suppose, this year being um, a, a huge exception. What would your, your, your view on, on that kind of a, a, a mind frame be? Yeah, I suppose I'm probably on the opposite end of the spectrum in the sense that I... Um, pursued I suppose my career pathway has has taken time away from me to be able to to play GA and so that was a, a conscious decision for me I'm, I'm very passionate about my work and um I think for me you know you can choose to 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 be a teacher if you wish but your career on the on the playing field is only going to last you so long and um ultimately you know, from a, a personal perspective, I, I'd certainly like to be doing something that is going to give you that personal fulfillment and that you're going to enjoy. And, and obviously there are, are factors that you have to take into account in terms of how you try to manage the demands of, of playing high level sport and manage that with um, with a career as well. And that can be very challenging at times. But um, I think for me personally, I was always going to follow what I was passionate about. And unfortunately for me, I was able to, to do both for for periods of time um, as well. But I, I'd certainly be of the opinion that, um, you know, that your your professional career is going to last far longer than your sports career. And that said, you might look at it from the other side of things and say, well, you have to make the most of it. But I think the two can function together. And it's just a case of, of striving to do that, finding the supports that you require, um, having kind of the the tools in your toolkit essentially to be able to to manage both of those and to allow them to to work together as as best you can. And Trish, do you mind me asking with that? I think something you mentioned there, saying that the two can work together in unison if you get the right tools and the right supports. I imagine the people, whether it be managers or teammates or even the people you work with, were they quite good with helping you with that, um, providing you with kind of the support you needed? Yeah, I suppose there were there was definitely challenges along the way. And I suppose for anyone who is doing it, I think for me, some of the, the really important things is I was obviously very isolated from my teams um, over the last few years, whereby I was I was training alone. So I think for me, uh, the way COVID has arisen in a way I was kind of prepared for because I've known what it's like to train, travel, do all that um, alone. So I think, you know, if there is a scenario where there is someone who's who's trying to manage both, it's it's checking in with them. It's asking the question, you know, how are you doing? Um, and it's also appreciating that the demands that they may have professionally or educationally at, at a certain time could potentially 
have an impact on their performance and it's considering that in terms of you know do they need to be undergoing the same training load during a, a really intense period of time for them personally and does that need to be managed and I think it's it's making those adjustments it's understanding the person and seeing seeing the GA player seeing your athletes as people first and players second and I think for me um, that's kind of the, the holistic perspective that, that we need to take and ultimately that will will help players to grow both on and off the field. Yeah, it's a brilliant point. And Lima, would, would you have, would you recognise this maybe in some of the players that are coming through at the moment? Do you think there's a, a positive shift in players starting to look a little bit more at their outside life and trying to balance it a little bit better? Whereas I suppose when, when, when I was playing earlier on, you know, I'm, I'm sure it happens now, but a lot of players are very focused on performance and the sport more so. Um, and maybe would have left behind a bit of their career or focus on that. Do you think there's a bit of a shift taking taking place at the moment? It's hard to know. There's there's uh, there's no hard figures or data to suggest it is or it isn't. But just from a field within our camp, I, I do feel there's more of an emphasis on players focusing more on their career. Like I absolutely think players can concentrate and focus on their sports and career and simultaneously equally if not more focused just as much on their, on their professional career as well and um, it's something that I would have always been conscious of in terms of never making a decision to jeopardise my professional career. Um, I, I, I'd be very conscious of not putting all my eggs into, the, into just to the sporting basket because I feel your, your, your identity and your self-confidence can get very much tied up into just the sporting world and a bad performance or a bad defeat can leave you, you know, can affect certain lads um, quite badly. And I think if you have a strong professional career um, to support that, um, your identity isn't torn away just from your sporting performances. So I think that's very important that it's looked after. And similarly, Trish made a very good point there. I think managers need to be aware of the different roles that um, players are, you know, their work in life and, and the different demands that their job take into consideration. Every job is different and there's different times of the year where there's more requirement on that player and just having an understanding of that and uh, an empathy towards it, I think can can, can mean a lot to players and, and certainly facilitate um, a, a better kind of balance between the professional sporting world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and just on that, that point, Lee Morgan, it's, it's a, I suppose one of the, the areas we wanted to cover on this podcast was around um, time management because I think there's probably a lot of players out there who might be considering going back to education or might be considering continuing on in their education. And, and one of the concerns is how do I balance the time I need to give the commitment to the educational side of things but how is that going to have an effect, effect and am I going to have to compromise when it comes to what's happening on the pitch? Just from your own experience, um, how did you find that balancing of time between those two areas? Again, I can only speak from my own perspective, but it didn't affect me at all. Um, like, I think you can overdo the thinking side of things as well from a sporting side too much time too much idle time thinking about sport and obsessing on your performance for me anyway is a negative like to be busy like to have a lot of things going on and just to to keep productive and you know just distract myself from 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 just focusing solely on sport um 
Look, time management is, is very, very important. Um, I'm at a stage in my life where, you know, I don't have kids or, you know, a lot of people obviously have more of a commitment and it's obviously time management is going to become even more important then. But um, I think being able to being able to balance it, being, being aware of your time schedule. Um, I was very fortunate that my employer um, was able to put time aside for me for, for the courses that I'd done. It was recognized personal development is very important in our company. So if, if you want to do a training course, you weren't trying to balance work and study at the same time. So I think if people are thinking about doing a, a course or a study, you know, bring your business case towards your employer and say, look, this is very important to me. This is something that I want to pursue. And um, your, your employer should look at that favorably in terms of putting time aside for you. And if you get that arrangement going, um, it can make things a hell of a lot easier in terms of balancing um, both your work, your study and your sport. And Trish, the, the same question to yourself. How did you find that that balancing act um, of the commitment to intercounty game but your studies as well? Yeah, I suppose um, when I was studying, I, you know, the typical trip for me would have been, and it still was up to last year, you know, it's it's nine, ten hours of a journey. So for me, it was always plotting that in um, and identifying, you know, where there there's stints in my trip where I can fit in some, some reading or whatever it may be. Uh, so for me, I think time management has always it was always something even from when I was younger. And I think it will always a lot of the times be the case for GA players that, you know, especially those who really focus in um, during their adolescent years, you are trying to manage maybe being on multiple teams or multiple squads. Uh, so for me, I suppose, particularly last year when I was, I was working and also trying to play inter-county, obviously the, the challenges for me were more so around um, my individual training at times, but also scheduling in trips and so on to to manage uh, the championship season as well, which is obviously quite challenging. And, and sometimes, as you know, at fixtures, they can change um, and so on and so forth. So I think for me, it's very much just about, about planning and, um, yeah, just trying to, to make the most of your time, being very efficient and, I suppose a lot of the work that, that we would do would be just making sure if you are doing your work that sometimes when you have those those time challenges, it can actually encourage you to to be more efficient and to make the most and be really productive uh, and to have really high quality bouts of work as opposed to longer periods where you might be as productive. Limo, you mentioned there about like... Um the the fact that you're the edu you're, like what it's not just balancing education and uh, a playing career but it's also you can be balancing working while doing that education while playing but I suppose this there might be players out there who might be considering going back or retraining or gaining education in something that maybe they hadn't considered before how much can you bring from like like you, you'll bring from your education into your professional career but how much can you bring from your experience in your prof professional career to that education as well because you're coming from it with a different perspective that was the big thing for me um I obviously as I mentioned earlier I, I studied um business in 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 in, in third level and you're 17, 18, 19 years of age going in with very very little experience under the belt in terms of some of the things that are thrown at you and 
they don't really resonate with you at the time. Well, the least they didn't for me until I had a couple of years working in, in, in the working world and just understanding things, you know, how things work, um, different scenarios you face. Then when you go back to education and more so as well, the big thing as well that the IMI provided, like you, you might have 20, 25 people in the class, all coming from different businesses, different industries, bringing their own insight to it. And you learn probably just as much from the other people in the class as you do from the actual lecture itself. Now, the lectures are fantastic in the IMI and you, you learn a great deal from them. But just that, the, the environment, it's, it seems a lot more practical, um, that kind of environment after a couple of years working just the experiences you learn and just for me anyway I thought things just become a little bit more clear and sometimes it's easier joining the dots looking backwards um as opposed to studying 18 19 and you're trying to join these dots doesn't make sense to you until you have a couple of years underneath um experience so from that perspective I, I'd encourage anyone who's out there working and they're considering to go back or they're doubting themselves um you know Sometimes it's just a case of putting your name forward, putting your name in, and suddenly when you're enrolled, you know we, we build walls in our own head that it's a, it's a you know maybe it's a confidence thing or maybe it's a it's a the 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 thought of the work that that's required. But um, you just get on with it and you get stuck in. And um, like at the time, I'm sure looking back, there was times where I, I was very busy with it and I questioned, Jesus, why why did I get why did I get stuck into this at all?" But once you get it done, you get it completed, you're, you're delighted with yourself, you've accomplished something. And um, as I said, it's, it's confidence that you've completed a course from, from a reputable course like the IMI. So um, I certainly encourage anyone who's listening and is thinking of going back, um, don't be don't be hesitant and um, put your name forward and it, it'll stand to you. I think, Colm, I think Liam Oak is hit nail the head there around one aspect of that. Like there's probably that element of, uh, trepidation, fear, concern. Will I be able for this? Um, for especially for players who maybe have 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 stepped out of education for the last number of years and are considering going back. Oh, definitely. And it, it, we've 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 all met players, and obviously the commitment levels for for county at a lot of stages is 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 pretty is pretty full on. Uh, and Leo mentions well other situations, family, um, you know, different things you might have gone on. But I suppose one thing I I'm finding. I'm seeing a lot of more of Marin too, Kieran. I think uh, even within the office as well, we're talking about probably IMI course, which is a pretty full-on course. I think it's one year or two years, Lee Mog. So one year. Well, it depends. There's yeah. different. There's one master's diploma. So like, but I'm seeing you're seeing a lot more players even looking at. I think it's a fantastic thing. You mentioned earlier on what you were saying, Lee Mog, about smaller, shorter courses, even just upskilling courses, one week, two week, different things, diplomas rather than degrees and masters and PhDs and. You know, it doesn't always have to be the, the full-on one-year, two-year. Um, we're seeing a lot more players come back and just doing shorter courses, upskilling courses, weeks, uh, a few months. I think that's something that um, will be a real positive for players to get involved in as well. You know, even just to kind of see what they're interested in or see what they can benefit from. Um, because, you know, like I said, there could be that little bit of fear. Can I handle that full commitment of a year or two year? And I think that, those opportunities are also there for players, you know, to look at possible opportunities for further education down the line or even just improving the skills that will definitely be recognised by by uh, employers as a huge positive. And, and like I, I think the that the, the whole um, 
thought process behind going back to education like like while the we've made a number of scholarship announcements over this last number of weeks as I spoke about earlier everywhere from satanta colleges to uh university of ulster to ait wit uh, and gmit um and dcu as well colleges right across the country i suppose there might be this thought that these are aimed at only people who are coming through the education and are going on now, but it, it can be for those people who have, have stepped away from it uh, uh, as well, uh, and that they, they don't feel that they're alienated in any way from it. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, like Limo mentioned, when you're working too, when you get those experiences, you start identifying areas of strength or areas you're more interested in. Um, so to be able to kind of pinpoint, actually, I'm really interested in this area. Like, what would you have, Trish, there? You obviously have a passion what you're doing. And you can recognize that, yeah, that's something I want to give my time to and commit it to. And in that way, actually, would probably encourage it to give the proper time to both your inter-county and your career education uh, and will help you commit to it, I think, a bit more. So I think that's a huge, important point. Um, Trish, um, b- before we finish up, what, uh, I'd like to just touch on the, 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 the whole idea of transferable skills. So th- there's, there's what you can learn in a classroom. There's what you can learn in work. But there's also stuff that you can learn in a dressing room around, we mentioned um, time management, but leadership skills, teamwork that you can also bring to education and to your professional career. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd always say that, um, you know, certainly growing up in in the club that I grew up with in Gaultier and and have played for, um, I would always say that's that's probably something that's not on my educational CV, but it certainly was an education and very fortunate to to have those experiences. And I would fully agree. I think, you know, when you think about the the skills that you require in, in a professional role or in education, so many of those are, are things that we do, um, you know, somewhat, um, automatically when it comes to sport performance so whether that's setting goals and motivating ourselves to to persist when when things are challenging and learning coping skills all of these things we do and we learn and I suppose it's that experiential learning it's it's actually recognizing that and harnessing it sometimes I think can be really valuable I think sometimes players might not actually recognize how much they can actually draw on when it comes to a professional role or to an educational role from from the sporting background. And and that isn't necessarily something that you say on a CV, but but when it comes to it, you know, people would will often will often comment on it that you 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 know you might have certain skills that you bring to your professional role and they they may know nothing about your sporting background, but that's a lot of the time where it comes from. And I think for me personally, certainly um completing the Jim Madden leadership program over the last few years and also going on to, to complete the certificate at Maynooth as well was was invaluable in that respect in that it really just increased my self-awareness of a lot of the the leadership and the, the skills that I had actually got um, and actually helped me to, as I became more aware of those, harness them, develop them even further and really utilise them to the best of my ability and also made me aware of things that I wasn't as proficient at and I think that was that was equally important, but I think certainly that you can, you bring, you can cert- athletes can definitely bring a lot into the classroom or the professional world from their sporting background, and then likewise you can bring a huge amount that you learn in the professional world and in your educational background back into the playing field. So I think it's it's recognizing that that there is that reciprocal relationship and um, 
that I would hope would give a lot of players confidence that a lot of what they're actually doing as players could actually equip them really well to manage the demands of an educational degree if they choose to to go and to do that. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it brings to mind a, a story I was told about a player who was considering going back into uh, a classroom environment, having been out of college for a number of years. And they had a conversation with, with, with a, a coach around the fact that they felt that they, how could they do it? How could they step back into that environment? How could they go into a classroom uh, lecture environment where they were going to be face to face with 30 people they didn't know? And it was when the coach told them, how many teams have you been part of down through the years? And they probably said 20, 25 teams. And how many times have you had to actually do that? Just walk into a new environment where you don't know people. Um, and it was that that sparked it to them. Yes, sure, I, I, I actually do this all of the time. Um, and it, sh- it, it shouldn't be something that I should be fearful of. Just something even as practical as that. Yeah, I fully agree. I think that's a, a really good example of that. And I think it's, you know, from a thinking about other careers, whether it be management or, or leadership and um, certainly a lot of the skills that you will, will take from the, the GA, played, GA field can, can definitely be harnessed and utilised. And I think also equally from an educational perspective. So obviously I'm, I'm in a position now where I'm, I'm working with university students and um, often it is the case that you will see, you know, some athletes might have some challenges initially with settling down to, to being a student athlete. But but often it's the case that you'll find that a lot of the, the student athletes are they're very focused in their studies. They're very conscientious. So they're, they're well used to preparing themselves for a performance and looking after themselves, training at a high standard. So from that perspective, I think there are a huge amount of skills that players will have utilised and developed through their sport that that can definitely be used to to help them in that transition back into uh, the the classroom if they choose to do that. Final question from me, both Trish to yourself and you might start, but but Liam Ogie might come in on it as well. Um, You both um, have your own personal experiences. What would be the advice that you would give to anyone considering either continuing their education going back into education and I know it's a very personal um, decision for everyone but just from your own perspective uh, advice you might give to those those people listening I think for me it's it's definitely about following what you're most passionate about because if you can do that and you get into a career where you're truly passionate about the work that you're doing there is that saying that you won't really ever work a day in your life and and for me, I think that's really important. And and sometimes it, there can be challenges along the way in terms of maybe taking that step and maybe there needs to be a, a degree of courage taken. And I know for me personally, there were certainly moments um, during my journey where it wasn't uh, kind of smooth sailing and I had to make some big decisions, be it in terms of, you know, moving moving internationally and and, and so on. But I think for me, it's it's definitely about following what you're passionate about uh, and while there will be potentially challenges along the way, you will get there in the end. And and I think also don't ever worry if if you don't think you're following the straightest path to get get to where you want to go. I, I I do have a great belief that most people, you know, when they go into education, they can get to where their end goal is, even if it takes a little bit longer. They need to take a diversion or two along the way. If if they know what their end goal is, that they will be able to find that the way to get there. And Liam Oak, same question to yourself in terms of uh, um, advice to anyone out there con- considering making the decision about, I say, con- continuing their education or going back into education. 
Yeah, look, at, uh, I'm, I'm fully aware getting back into education for someone who's who hasn't, who's taken a step away from it for a number of years can be a little bit daunting. Um, but I, I would encourage you just to have a browse through the different um, partnerships that the GPA have with the different third level institutions. See if there's anything that piques your interest. And then it's just a matter of getting the ball rolling. Don't necessarily think about all the, the, the workload of the year or the two years that's required. What I find it's just a matter sometimes of getting the ball rolling, submitting the application and, and worrying about that. And the, and the kind of rest takes care of itself. Once the ball gets rolling, the momentum will start. And as Colm said earlier, there's loads of courses now, whether it's a week course, whether it's a couple of weeks, or if you want to go to some of the longer courses, you can look at that. But if you if you have been out of education for a while, it's just about getting the momentum going again and starting again. And uh, look, it, it isn't for everyone, but certainly my experience, it has benefited me. It's, it's given me confidence and it's opened doors for me that um, I'll certainly continue on the education journey um, for, for, for as long as I see fit. So um, I'd encourage anyone out there listening to, to give it a go. Um, it certainly won't harm you. And you, you, I think you'll look back in a couple of years and it's something you definitely won't regret. Colm, any final questions from yourself? No, I was, no wait, I was waiting for you to ask any advice from me, but I suppose I've been in college for about 16 years uh, and no PhD in the books. But um, no, listen, I think, I think the advice from both Trisha and Liam Moga is, is, um, is spot on. I think, um, like we said, everyone's going to be different in their mindset. Um, but it's funny enough, Liam Moga could get the ball rolling. I think as, as athletes, you know, once things happen and start moving, you will you will react to it naturally. You know what I mean? As in, if there's pressure put on you, you're reacting to get through it. It's probably just taking that first step. So, um, and, and one thing we have here, guys, as well, I think, you know, having worked the GPA the last while, we have a wonderful network of people who have tried and done loads of different things in different businesses, different careers. You know, even yourself, Lee Morgan, Trish, if there's people interested in that area, you know, we can touch base with our players. I think we're very lucky to learn from each other in that sense. Um, that's something I'm seeing more and more of as well, which I would encourage any players, if you know an area or career you're interested in, you know, and you've, you know, players involved in that. Any player I spoke to is always open to discussing that and having a conversation and giving you a bit of insight into it. So I would always encourage that. And here at the GPA, we, we're, we're more than happy and willing to make connections that way as well. So, guys, thanks for your insight. It was it was fantastic to hear and well done on both your careers. Um, wonderfully successful and, and obviously continue on to more and more success in, in the future. But really appreciate it coming on. And um, yeah, cheers. Thank you. Thanks, guys. The Gaelic Players Association representing the interests of all intercounty players, protecting their welfare on and off the pitch and supporting their development as people. Well, great to get the views there of Waterford Camogie player Trish Jackman, as she said, a lecturer in sport and exercise psychology at the University of Lincoln now, and Liam Og McGovern, Wexford hurler and a senior account manager with Oracle. And I suppose the main thing, even just saying and, and, and talking about the two players there, Colin, they're not just a Waterford Camogie player and a Wexford hurler they have lives outside of what happens on the pitch. Yeah, very much so. And you can tell that from the way they talk here. And, and look, in some way they're blessed. They're obviously very committed, but they're blessed. They obviously found something they're very interested in. They're driven that way. Um, the skills they use on the field come off the field. And that may not happen as naturally for everyone, but I think it's really good to listen to what they're saying about, you know, going for something um, that will that they can connect to off the field, you know. So their their job obviously they're passionate about. So if things don't go right on the field, which often, well in my case, often that happens that way, that doesn't totally pull you into a dark place um, without getting too serious. But furthermore, I think what's important is that you know 
the situation we're in now, Kieran, we see that maybe more players now, seasons aren't going ahead as fully as it was before, people working from home a little bit more too, or else even jobs maybe in, in some risk or certain employment areas not as strong as it used to be, that it's not a bad time to think about what way do I want to branch off? Is there some other course that I can be doing, be it short, medium or long term, that can help me in the, in the future? And, you know, I think our members just need to back themselves with regards to their ability to do it, whether you're a player who hasn't been in it for education for, for years or, or decades, if it's my case. Um, you can go back to that and be confident that you have the skills to do it. So from my point of view, I think um, I would encourage everyone to talk to, to talk to more players, to, to look into these courses. Don't be afraid to get in touch with us in the GPA. We're here to support and I we can. And, you know, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good time for players to reflect on loads of different areas, be that personally, professionally, um, and on their education if they need that. And and thanks again to Trish and Lee Moog for, for, for the, great, um, the great chat to have with us. Really insightful. Yeah, and, and if any players out there do want to talk to any of the team as regards their development, they can contact Ian at GaelicPlayers.com. Lots of information on the website about scholarship opportunities as well. There's deadlines coming up um, as regards the applications for those. You'll find those on the Gaelic Players Association website and you can reach out to Karen at GaelicPlayers.com as well for uh, any further information once you've look, looked those up. But there are opportunities there and I suppose the main message is Think about them and make the most of those opportunities. But that's all we've time for on the Player's Voice for this edition. And thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back again soon.